tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive on a rainy Friday. Russell Smith punching the time clock 301 on this, the first day of March. One of the best months on the calendar year. What a month it is going to be. And it starts tomorrow mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa, where yeah. our fourth ranked volunteers take on. Alabama in a game fraught with major SEC title implications. We're in the gauntlet now, boys. Buckle up. We're grinding, baby. Didn't know you were a big March guy. Big March guy. Really? Maybe I'm a the, huge March guy. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Tucker and I had the conversation about how March much guy? he loves March. I like March. I mean, if we're power ranking the months, I got to go number one, September, number two, May, number three, June. March is critically important to me because growing up, uh, both of my parents were born in March. Both of my brothers Ah. were born in March. And I still don't know the birthdays. I I just cannot remember birthdays. It's a shocker, you forgetting a birthday. Any of you three. Oh, God. Numb nuts. How am I supposed to know? Bear is still got the red ass. Nobody at Fan Run remembered his birthday. How how long are we going to have to for a while. bear the brunt of this one, Bear? For a while. For yeah. forgetting the birthday that you don't celebrate yourself well, or I tell mean, anybody uh, that you're having. All I know is it. We're uh, not mind readers over here. By 9 a.m. on my birthday, I'd already heard from Brandon Ork. Dork. Oh, Cody McClure. Dork. That's it. Those are the two people who remembered your birthday. <laughs> Miles. <laughs> my friends. When, when is your birthday? February 25th. A date that will live. Do you in have infamy. that in Twitter? Like, I, have, the, I have no idea, Houston. All I know is well, that me and I, you have been sort of good buddies for about eight years when's now. When's my birthday? I'd have to check my exactly. phone. Exactly. <laughs> I set up reminders. This is not on Twitter. How am I, I su- didn't think so because I saw someone say, happy birthday, Bear, but it was like a joke. So I thought it was a joke, and then I checked your Twitter profile, and the balloons didn't pop up, and I was like, oh, this must be some kind of inside joke that I don't know about. No. How else would I know your birthday? The thing that's funny about this conversation is I remember Bear's first year on the drive because I chastised him because he is adamant that well, first he didn't tell anybody that it was his birthday, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I don't tell anybody that my birthday is July 28th, up. but he was adamant that like he doesn't celebrate his birthday. He didn't want any recognition for it. And I chastised him on, on the air at the time. I remember this was a pretty good rant. I feel like is your birthday is not about you. You're selfish for not reminding everybody that your birthday is coming up because your birthday is really, at the end of the day, in the workplace, just an excuse for everybody to have cake. Mm. 
And if you tell everybody ahead of time, you got a birthday coming, somebody makes a mental note, especially if you have women in the office. This helps tremendously. Uh, somebody will buy a cake, and then you break out the paper plates, little plastic forks, and uh, everybody but um, the guy from Office Space gets a piece. Are there going to be women at the Poor new, uh, Poor new studio? I mean, we have, we've never worked with women, have we? I guess we sort of did. Do you mean in general? Because yes. <laughs> no, here at the station. Yes. This is the first radio station I've ever Abby, worked at that Megan, didn't have women. Caroline. There were there were Who? there have been a few ladies come through the doors of Fan mm-hmm. Run too. They typically don't last long. I wonder why. Because we couldn't let them use the bathroom here. So as Bear continues to recover from his birth the great birthday snub of twenty twenty four. All I know is that Brandon Ork. Good friend. We move forward here on Fan Run Radio. Day we got a lot of uh, breaking news, breaking information. We got major college football rules changes uh, coming. And Tucker, you were telling me I, I'd actually not seen this. Our friend Adam Sparks was on, like he might have had uh, some more breaking news coming down the pipe about uh, Tennessee and the NIL setup over on the hill. Yes. Yeah, so Tennessee is putting itself or has voted to put a plan in place in which the university directly compensates athletes as opposed to just using collectives. And this scenario could put Tennessee in a situation in which it is ready for what we feel like is just kind of an inevitable break off from the rest of the mm. NCAA with the rest of the Power Five into some mega subdivision. The oh. slow-moving paradigm shift continues. Adam Sparks of KnoxNews.com writes, the University of Tennessee is preparing for a future when athletes are paid directly by the schools rather than name, image, and likeness collectives. Today, the UT Board of Trustees approved the university's plan to create a nonprofit foundation that could quickly mobilize into a fund to pay salaries to athletes if the NCAA takes that next uh, critical step. It would also prepare UT to make the cut if a super subdivision of the wealthiest college sports schools break away from the rest of D1. Donnie Plowman quoted in the story as saying, it's really an effort to try to be agile and be ready for the coming changes. Uh, Not surprising. And, I mean, good for them. They're forward thinking. This is still kind of alien to me as a Tennessee fan that the university could uh, be thinking ahead, you know, thinking four moves ahead so that we're not caught, you know, behind, or, or, you know, get behind. We'll be ready to roll as soon as these rules change, Russ. UT reported a budget of $183 million for the 2023. 2024 fiscal year to the board of trustees today and a projected four million dollar surplus so danny white has finally got tennessee back in the black when it comes to athletics so uh this is interesting and you know people think that this is going to happen quickly Uh, again we've been talking about for the past year or so the the need to get these facility projects in under the finish line get tony's baseball stadium built get neyland stadium finished off and it sounds like everything else is going to be on the back burner and i think this is a big part of it is these schools are just sort of preparing for the inevitable which is they are going to have to share that 186 million dollar budget 
with the players. You said only a $4 million surplus? That is according to KnoxNews.com, yes. What are we spending all that money on? The well, $100 million baseball stadium, $300 say, yeah. million dollar renovation, coaches making money. Is that- well, that's part of it. They they really kind of want to be about even every year. You want to have some saved away from the war chest, but they try to use that for you know, donations, boosters, things like that. But I think historically, as an athletic department, you want to operate at even? As close as you can. They don't want to show any income for years and years. Well, you get, if you're going to pay players a salary, I have no idea what that would be. Probably not anything exorbitant because you, you would still allow the Nikos of the world, the Dalton Connects of the world, mm-hmm. to get NIL on top of it. So this is, if you're more familiar with the professional model, Michael Jordan would make $30 million from the Bulls, but he would make another $30 million from Nike and Gatorade mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. his endorsements. So your, your star players, it makes a little bit more sense. It's it's more the capitalistic model that we're all used to as you, you get – Yes, uh, people get a, a salary to do a job, but then you can make money outside of that on your own name, image, and likeness if you're famous enough. And it'll be interesting to see. You know, th- this is just sort of a what if step for the university. I, I, I wonder what it means for, for Spire if they would kind of absorb them into the university framework and allow those guys to manage that or if that would mean the end of the nil collective business yeah we, we talked uh, about that briefly before the show that's that's a weird one of course the university the university wants to handle all the money if they can i th- i think an absorption there would make sense mm-hmm. just hey you guys know what you're doing come on into the fold welcome to the athletic department yeah the only problem with it, it's two separate things well it is now it there's no you can't put those two things together the schools have been talking about that for a while, about wanting to have people who, and they actually do have people, but they act more as of you know a, a guidance resource for what is allowed and what is not mm-hmm. allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think the NIL collective at that point just becomes an agency and and acts as agents for for some of these players. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. How this all unfolds here, as again, it's it's unfolding quickly. I've, you've talked about this for years and years and years, and now it just seems like boom, 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 rapid change, one big announcement after another, and um, it is certainly a time of change. The winds of change are blowing. I really whistle. Wish I could whistle, Scorpions. Anybody? Winds of change? I no. get it. Hey, the youngest guy in the room. I got it. Big news. Changes perhaps coming to the field in college football as well. As reports today that college football is expected to add three new things this year. These are all pretty big deals. Helmet communication. Like which that. we've yep. we've talked about for a while. Tablets on the sidelines slash during halftime. This has been 
in the NFL for a number of years. He's in Tom Brady pounding his head on the tablet or spiking it at the ground. That especially seems like a no-brainer. That seems like it should have been done 10 years ago. And finally, this is interesting because this is something we had not talked about. I kind of like it. Houston is rolling his eyes. I'm rolling my eyes. I'll get to it. Go ahead. <laughs> the two-minute warning in college football. I love the two-minute warning. That's a I, great rule. I love the two-minute warning. It's just hilarious to me that a year after trying to speed, speed up, up the, the games, <laughs> now they're saying, wait, 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 guaranteed stoppage twice a half, guaranteed commercial time before you know we get to the uh, nuts and bolts of a, of a tight game. I'm fine with it. I think it makes sense. I love the two-minute warning in the NFL. I think it's just it, – it makes sense. It draws attention – to the, the final portion of the game, it's just funny that, again, they tried to speed up the game last year. Oh, no, first down, run clock. Oh, no, going out of bounds doesn't matter. But now we're going to add a two-minute warning. Okay. How long is the two-minute warning? Two minutes? Feels like that way in the NFL. I mean, it's a, uh, probably three and a half, four. I feel like it's a full commercial break. I, I don't know that it helps Tennessee. My gut says it probably doesn't help a Tennessee team that likes to go fast and doesn't want stoppages in play, doesn't need stoppages in play when we have the ball. Like what if we got somebody huffing and puffing? Yeah. We're getting, you know, we're doing that thing we do, you know, the thing where we cram it down their throat and they get a free timeout. Well, we'll see. I also am very interested to see how Heupel handles the helmet communications because he did not seem like a fan of that leading mm. up to the bowl game i think they had the option of using it in the bowl game and he has said he didn't want it they did trial runs in several bowl games i don't remember which ones exactly i thought it was all of them you had the option yeah. if you wanted yeah. outside of the playoff well his thing and I, i'm searching through the foggy recesses of my mind to remember exactly what his comments were but it was something along the lines of Everybody on our system, offensive linemen, quarterback, receivers, we all look to the sideline. They Mm -hmm. all get the play at the same time. And he didn't want to overload the quarterback. And obviously, you know, it was Nico's first start with having to, okay, you have to tell the offensive line, the receivers, the running backs, what the play is. Right. And I can see how that would slow him down. No, I get that. Um, I mean, you can – Obviously, you still they can do that. Still yeah, do you don't, the signals, yeah. but you can now talk directly to the quarterback. I, well, I don't know. We'll, it, we'll see what Heupel wants to do. Yeah, it would seem to me like if he keeps his home, his same system in, or the guys in front of the black screens, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, they're signaling in the everybody gets the call the exact same way they did last year. Now he's just got the ability to tell Nico, "Hey, this guy's going to be open, right? Or, you right? Know, hand it off on RPO. We're going to go run on this one. Mm-hmm. Just kind of." hold his hand a little bit more while he's on the field. That, that's exactly what I had in mind. Like, oh, I just got a word from the booth. They're in cover two or cover three. Mm-hmm. or they're, we, we know their signal. They're sending a blitzer here. Like, here's what you should do. Here's what you should look for immediately. I like that. I do understand why he doesn't like it, though, because I think if you, if you think about it, if you're adding in, they're still getting the signals from the side. He's talking to Nico. I mean, it, it's it's not like this is usually a, a very calm situation when you're in a SEC game. I, there just a, seems like there'd be a pretty good chance for wires to get crossed. A lot of football talk on the show today. Interesting communication from a listener last night. Is Hendon Hooker in a bad situation? 
We're going to discuss that coming up a little bit later as the NFL Combine is underway in Indianapolis. But what do we continue? Let's get into a monumental matchup tomorrow for Rick Barnes and the Vols down in Tuscaloosa. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show this afternoon. 546-8200 if you want to chime in. Friday edition of The Drive continues up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Get you ready for a big sports weekend. Russell Bear and Houston Crash here. Tucker Harlan along for the ride as well. He'll have your top four at four coming up here in about 40 minutes right here on Fan Run Radio. Getting ready for a big one tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa. Tennessee takes on Alabama. The Crimson Tide, the number one team in the country in terms of offensive efficiency the 100th team in the country in terms of defensive efficiency. That is a stark contrast. Hard to be so good and so bad at the same time. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you saying something? Yes. Did you leave your mic on for that? No, it was off. He was just being as loud as he No, I, w- I wasn't. But I was Tennessee, a two-and-a-half-point <laughs> underdog at Alabama tomorrow night. Okay, that's that's reasonable. Tough road road trip, good what, team. What was the line when they were up here? Do you guys remember? I know we were favored. This is the first time we've been an underdog in a minute. Maybe all of SEC play, were we underdogs at Kentucky? I thought we were, but I could be wrong. No, I they were no, 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 no. We were slight favored because we were kind of surprised by it. I believe that line here was uh, five and a half. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was. Tennessee, five and a half. 91-71, your final in Knoxville. 50-point first half by Tennessee. DK only had 25, so. Meshack had a really good night defensively that night. No, he was great against Sears. I mean, Sears still had a really good game. I mean, he's a good player. He had 22, but. We're going to keep seeing more of the uh, Jordan Ganey experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, he had I, 15 off the bench in the first matchup. I, I think you are what you are at this point. I, I think we've settled in. We, we know what our rotation is. You know, the, the only question is do you get an Estrella cameo if there's some foul trouble? Uh, is there a I think camp car sighting or something like that? After the Auburn game, I, I would hope that that's the only way. There's an Estrella sighting. No offense, he's 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 got potential. He's going to be a good player. He, he got he got time. big boy bullied against Auburn. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I think that's going to be a valuable learning experience for for him. the The question is, does Rick Barnes choose to let him continue to learn those lessons and and grow from them tomorrow, or is that a yeah, we'll think about this and and circle back in the off season? I think that the Double big lineup with Awaka and Adu in there might necessitate finding a third big, which is obviously going to be Estrella at this point. And so I, I, I do think that that is and some a situation that bears watching here down the stretch. I'm just trying to figure. I I think we all I, I know we talked about it on VR. I, I feel like 
uh, we got to figure out how to get Meshack at least fake. I think it's a bad idea for him to only be getting 10 minutes. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think he needs like 15. He had 28 minutes in the first matchup against Alabama. Awaka and Estrella combined for nine. Well, I just go back to the game last year when he was up in, oh, what's his face's grill the minute he got up off the bus. Miller. Brandon Miller, yeah. yeah. He didn't, didn't Miller give didn't up a score, goal. Yeah, he didn't give up a point when he was on the floor. Meshack likes playing against the tide. Be you're, you're going to need the bench because I, I just think this is a this is a grind portion of the schedule, where you you haven't had much time following an emotional win over Auburn, and now you've got to jump right back into it and go down there and play Alabama when you know they're going to be all jacked up for this one tomorrow night. Interesting matchup at the point guard position between Ziegler and, and Sears. Sears did have a big game in Knoxville, at least from an offensive mm -hmm. output. Ziegler has been playing a lot of minutes. He's been playing really well. But again, you, you wonder, Alabama will have this one circled and, and, and they're going to be ready for Ziegler. <clears throat> big opportunity for our guys, I think, to – to show what are they, they can do take with, the show uh, on the road did they take connect out of the game when we played them uh i mean he as was, much as you can he was one of six from three so not a great deep shooting night he did have 25 points he was eight of eight from the free throw line which has kind of been a i don't say a struggle but he hasn't been as good there lately he was he did take 20 shots only hit eight so i yeah i think they did a pretty good job against him <laughs> Give up twenty five. Hey, that's I'm how just, good the guy. Yeah, no, exactly, I understand. Yeah. That's how good the guy is, man. Yeah, he's he, the guy's a freak. Uh, it's going to be one of those games where we got a triple J and Santi. Yeah, they. Uh, how many points you think we need out of those two combined? They combined for eleven in the first matchup. I think you need Vest more could than be that. Ten, James. <laughs> if you can do quick math, one. Adu had his way in the first game. Yeah, what he what were his? Uh, nineteen points, only four rebounds, which is weird to me. Um, How many rebounds a Waka have in the first game? Yeah, none. He only played five minutes. Is that one of those games where he went in spazzed out and got like three fouls in two minutes? Yep, he had three fouls in five minutes. <laughs> He's been doing that less lately. He no, no. I I feel like this was during that stretch of the season. He was coming back from the ankle injury, and he just he was out of control defensively. And now lately he's been a lot better. He's just he's putting up the ninety degree arm bar. He's doing his job. He's not doing the Hulk smash. No, but there was a there was a stretch earlier in the season where, hey, enjoy it while you got it because he's going to play about two minutes this stretch. Yeah. Would you guys, if I offered you the opportunity for a split in the next two, or take the Kentucky game and set it aside? One and one against Alabama, South Carolina on the road. Would you take that right now? No, I'll roll the dice. I would. Tomorrow, I, this is a big game tomorrow. I know where you're going. Big. I, I'm with you. I could handle, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Tomorrow is what it is. It's a crapshoot. I don't know. I, I do I, not I'm kind of leaning with Houston. I, I think we're pretty damn good. Tucker, what do you think? Take the split, roll the dice. I think you got to roll the dice. Welcome aboard, Tucker. Welcome aboard. The riverboat gambler, Captain Harlan over here. 
You beat them by 20 in the first matchup. Now, that was at home. Look up how many times we won in Coleman Coliseum in the past 50 yeah, years. Yeah, we're due. That's what I see. We're due. A team that's due. I love your optimism, <laughs> dude. I think the only team that's won there this year is Clemson. So, something about teams in orange. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Is that right? Uh, I mean, laundry that's, factor. That's my whole thing. Like, uh, neutral side, I, I, I think we'd we'd win this game. It'd be tough, but I've just been so traumatized. But I mean, we've had great teams go down there before and just get shellacked. I feel like we we won there recently. Yeah, funnily enough, the one Barnes team that was probably not going to make it to the tournament in 2020 came from behind and ended up winning by like one. That's I think right. They were down 15 at one point. Wasn't that without? No. I was thinking about the Kennedy year where they we lost were, that game. We didn't have Kennedy or, uh, but that was Fulkerson, a close game. They, they, they fought back. Yeah, have, have we gotten blown out there? I, I don't feel like we have. I just love to see the all-time record, just for the past fifty. I think Grant Nabral, Balls and Coleman, Balls and Coleman. First year that they made it to the tournament, they did get blown out, but seventy-two and eighty-two all-time, uh, seventy-two and eighty-two all-time against the Tide. 49 and 25 at home, 19 and 45 on the road. We have a losing record all time against Alabama. We do. Yep. They did a lot of damage on us in the 80s. I can't, I don't really remember beating them a whole lot in the 80s, especially down there. Last win in Tuscaloosa came in 2020, one by one, 69 68. It was a nice win. Nice. One there in 2014, 76 to 59. That Conzo went down yep. there and strapped the tide. That's Conzo. I went to a game there. Uh, I remember that. Remember one. the Bruce year when we wore the the throwback uniforms with yeah. the blue. I was in the house for that one. That was a painful day. You went all the way down there. Yeah. Like mm. I don't think we got blown but out. They've never but they've never been to a Final Four lead. either, right? Two and three down there in our last five. Is Alabama the other SEC, another SEC school that hasn't made a Final Four? Or yes. They made a- no, they've never made one. Should have made one last year. They did not. Thanks. Probably should have won the whole damn thing last year. I don't know about that. Pretty damn good. They man. were good. They also were. A little dysfunction off the court. Yeah, a little, little, yeah, little, little, little distraction. Has distraction. Has some things going on. Dysfunctional. Speaking of dysfunction, we can circle back to it later on the show, but apparently there's uh, some issues down there on – down there in Oxford, in the Grove. You don't say. Yeah. Lane uh, bringing, in, bringing in guys maybe there. No, he would never. Yeah. He only recruits the best of the best. It's all rumors and stuff like that. If 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 one-fifth of it's true, it makes a new Keith Richardson thing look like a uh, jaywalking. So – we are awaiting the starting lineup for Tennessee baseball tonight with braided, uh, bated breath. A.J. Causey has been announced as the starting pitcher. Not great weather. Not great nope. baseball weather over there. Maybe not the full 5,000 crowd if they get this one in today that's over at Lindsey Nelson. That's just how it is in some of these early season games. Mm-hmm. Get these. I always hold my breath during this when it, on days like this, this early in the season. I'm always just worried that the pit, one of the pitchers is going to it's not really good weather to no. get your arm all limbered up. And uh, A.J. Causey is used to being a Friday night starter. He started Friday nights for Jacksonville State last year. So there's some familiarity there. Of course, you got Drew Beam going tomorrow. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, 
We were talking earlier today as we, during our, our pre-show production meeting, that, you know, the, the rain today, if it were to cancel out a game, you could have a double header. But it's been, it, it's not a downpour. It's just no. a steady drizzle. And the yeah. way that field drains, I, I, I try to play. He's, he mentioned that like two or three times when we had him on last. Yeah. I, I wonder if. As a, as a player, I, I would almost rather play two tomorrow when it's nice outside than play in the rain. That's just me as a guy that likes. Well, see, I weather. wonder. I haven't looked at the weather. Is it supposed to get bad again on Sunday? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think because it's it, we're we've got a lot of rain. No, Sunday today. actually looks pretty nice. Uh, high of seventy one, partly cloudy, only eight percent chance of rain Sunday. Why don't you just push this thing till tomorrow? And then do a double, you know, do a double header tomorrow, and then finish up on Sunday. I don't know. It's gonna cost you a lot of money if you try and get it in tonight, because I don't. I mean, how many people do you think are gonna show up and sit in this cold rain? Well, he did mention that too. You've got, got you know, folks traveling in for games all season long, especially now that we're what an hour outside of first pitch. You'd hate to have a cancellation today. Especially for That's people true. coming from West Tennessee, or I'd like to get out there on that field, but they say you know, it it's totally playable. Even oh when, yeah, like even when rain's falling, right? That's the weirdest thing to me is seeing games played, baseball games being played, and oh, remember the the super against LSU? Yeah, the picture of Chad Dallas with the water just exploding just off his hand. Off the ball, I was there his for that. That was a like... that was a it was a monsoon. It didn't last long. But I could not believe they waited as long as they did to call, you know, stop the game. And then they only stopped it for what, like 45 minutes or so? Yeah. It was a quick storm, but yeah. But it was, I mean, it was howling rain. Yourself. We need a print of that up. Ooh, yeah, that's a good shot. Let's go to the busy, busy phone lines for the first time this afternoon. And Phil is in our leadoff position today. Good afternoon, Phil. My What's up, Philly? I will say a shout out to Billy Statson and Dr. Vall. Love Billy Stats and Dr. Vall. They're great, aren't they? Fantastic gentlemen of leisure. <laughs> well, let's start talking about the our futility in Tuscaloosa. That uh, it goes in both sports, don't it? I don't. Is it futility to we're two and three our last five trips down there? I feel like that's pretty good. Well, I guess you can do. We're two and three the last five down there. If my math is correct, I mean, it sometimes isn't, but uh, let's see. We've lost one, two, or no, we, we've, we've, yeah, we're two and three our last five trips. Hmm. I don't even remember winning down there. One in 2014 and 2020. And those other years we didn't play down there? Yeah, there were, there were some where we didn't have to go down there. Hmm. We're doing a home and home with him this year, like the SEC does. Yeah, sometimes. But I, I know what you're talking about because I mean, you know, you're a little bit older than me, but we were coming up. It just we didn't win down there. No, and you're you're right about the A's, but also the nineties. Uh, they were futility too uh, against Alabama. Alabama had a twenty-year stretch. We actually led the series at one time, just like we were tied to Alabama in football at one time. You know, Phil, it is, it is, it's almost more insane to me that they didn't make a Final Four 
than Tennessee because, like we're talking, like they were good. They had some really good players go through there. For about what, yeah. Phil, like 20 – I mean, it's going on 40 years now. They've yeah. never I mean, been really amazing. bad. Yeah, it's amazing that Tennessee, Alabama, and Missouri have never gone past the Elite Eight. It's really – it's very strange for, for the good of basketball those schools had in their history. I wonder if they are as obsessed with success down there as, as we are up here in the sport or if they're just so ate up with football that they don't really care. Well, I mean, they're filling the arena down there. Mm. and uh, No, they're serious about basketball. coach they got in football, I guarantee you he's not going to win the level of Nick Saban, so they'll start liking basketball more. <laughs> and they wear those stupid hats. You, you see them – that's something we uh, used to wear for Bill Battle's dumb hats. They wear uh, construction hats down there. I, I figured they need to get those up there at K- Kentucky for the coal miners. <laughs> Put a little light on the front. There you go. You see where Alabama wants to build a new arena? It's going to cost a uh, you know ungodly amount of money, and uh, it's going they're going to try to model it after Buck Pearl down there at Auburn about ten uh, nine ten thousand seat uh, arena. Hmm. Yeah, it don't make no damn sense, does it? Why would you just not refurbish Coleman? Yeah, I mean, it's not overly big. It's not too big, especially if they're good. It seats uh, no, like 15,000. It's 15,000 right now. I mean, Alabama fills it up. And you're almost impossible no sense, to guys. beat. Th- they don't get beat there. No, it's a it's a good uh, home court advantage. It really is. Of course, Thompson Bowling's an underrated venue, too. It is. Um th- They've gone through – I'm not sure where they're at with their arena. Um, looks like there's uh, – Greg Burns been talking about an, a new arena down there lately. But they did have a plan to renovate Coleman a couple of years ago that looked pretty swank, like made it look nice, kind of like what Georgia did with Stegman on yeah. steroids. I, I mean, they've God. got the money to do something like that. I, I don't know. Like a, a part of me wishes – not a part of me – I wish that Stokely was still open or, or that if they had to build a new arena, if they would have just made it a bigger version of Stokely. Mm. That was one of the coolest arenas I've ever been in was Stokely. Probably the best. Well, Stokely well, had a lot of good memories. I, I especially liked all those pictures, those the Hall of Fame of all the sports and going around Stokely seeing, the, seeing that. Does Tennessee have anything like that over on the campus now? I don't think so. I mean, Stokely was. Uh, Do they even know what happened? To all that stuff. I'm sure it's in some. I heard a lot of it disappeared. Really? Yeah, and it was after they shafted. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Mears. No. The guy press conference night. Kiffin left. What's that fellow's name? Bud, Bud Ford. Ford. Bud Ford. Hmm. They did Bud Ford bad. Well, yeah, they're they're talking about uh, starting uh, just new building renderings. Look pretty cool. They got the windows up there. Everybody's in love with the windows yeah. now at yeah. the top of the arena, like Ole Miss has. Well, natural light's kind of kind of a cool thing, you know. It's cool, but yeah. I, I I don't know. That I like it in basketball. I kind of like having the you're just kind of shut off from the outside elements to where your sole focus is the floor. Yeah, purist guys, did y'all hear that? Uh... I heard they said there's a – I didn't go to the Tennessee-Auburn game, but one of my buddies said he stayed after the game and, and said a bunch of Tennessee fans hung around to, to talk to Buck Pearl. I thought that's really nice of them to do that. 
Would you have stuck around to talk to his Bruceness? I've done it a couple times. Especially the first time when Donnie Tindall beat him, I went down there and shook his hand for all the good service he did for the University of Tennessee. He restored Tennessee back to his basketball school instead of being a pile of slop. Well, I just hope that Rick Barnes gets this program to the Final Four so you can drink his bathwater, Phil. I'll, I'll, I'll drink anybody's bathwater and take the Final Four, but I don't watch the view. See you. We drank beer. Not sure what the hell that meant, but what what here, here's my that's it right in a nutshell. His they always talk about Bruce's service to the universe, his service to the university, okay. like he's a soldier or something. Now, if, if we're gonna say that, what about what about Barnes's service to the university, Phil? Yeah, talk about restoring from a pile of slop. Does he remember yesterday's the show? Conzo and- Mendow years? What year was it where we spent most of the regular season? And I I realize you can always come back at us with March, 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 but that was pretty cool. We were number one for like a good almost two months. That was 18-19. That was a fun season for sure. Uh, Yesterday's show got a little loosey-goosey there towards the end. We ended with three consecutive flushes. I didn't even realize that until it was brought to my attention today, but it really did start with Jamie Utah. Uh, claiming that it was hard. My guy. It was hard for him to watch, quote, his guy, Bruce Pearl, get beat Wednesday night, which is really funny because I feel like it was really easy for 99% of us to watch. I enjoyed it thoroughly. (laughs) I was laughing like that. Coming up, more of your phone calls, 865-546-8200. Steve Spurrier had some interesting comments about Billy, oh, Billy Ball, going on down there at Gainesville. We'll tell you what the head ball coach had to say about Florida football and its current condition. More of your phone calls as well. Stay tuned. It is The Drive on Fan Run Radio. And here we go. More Fan Run Radio headed your way as the lineup is out. The Vols starting lineup for the Series opener against Bowling Green, courtesy of our friends over at Rocky Top Insider, uh, batting first and playing second. Christian Moore. Simo. I mean, that's his spot, right? That's Is he the team leader this year, boys? Oh, yeah. This is his team. Oh, you kidding me? Yeah, I think you've got some guys that are also vocal and, you know, in that realm, but no, it's Simo. He's, he's the guy. And he's backing it up. He's playing really well. Hitting second, playing first, Blake Burke, Billy Amick in the three-hole, Kavaris Tears hitting cleanup, playing right. Like that. Uh, hitting fifth, your DH, Robin Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. Dylan Dryling hitting sixth and left. Cal Stark behind the plate today, he's hitting eighth. And Hunter Inslee hitting ninth and playing center field. Tucker Harlan is grinning. Why are you grinning, Tucker? What's so funny? I don't know He's why. Playing, uh, Did I miss something? You missed the seven oh, I missed the seven hole. Uh, hitting seventh and playing short, it's Old Curly. It's funny. I searched his name on Google, and it's listed comma-wise, so it said Curly Dean. Curly Dean. Number 23, Laverne, California. Played his travel baseball for Alpha Prime in 2023. Great program. Took a pop to the back of the noggin a couple games back. Oh. 
Put some ice on it. He's a tough kid. He'll be out there tonight. Hitting seventh in your lineup. They say he added five IQ points after being beamed in the old cranium last week. It does happen from time to time. You remember that movie with John Travolta? He got struck by lightning and could move pencils with his brain. Curly Dean, he could do that as well. Are you talking about powder? No, what was that? Uh, Phenomenon. Phenomenon, yeah. Good. He had a brain tumor. They say he shaved off a tenth of a second on his 40 time. Runs a 6-2 now. Fastest man alive, they say. They they say he spent the night at the hospital, but he still found time to take his dear old mother to church the next day. That's the kind of man Tony Vitello recruits. Dean Curley, number 23 in your program, number one in your heart. Don't forget to buy a Smokey Dog at the game today. Golden mustard available on request. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so glad he's back. More glad to have him back because of how good he seems to be at the. No, sport I just of like American doing this. Base. I know. Well, I wasn't watching, and you guys blew my phone up with, "Oh no, Curly! Oh, Are you on your way to the hospital?" Such I'm a like, tragic "No." Moment. No, what happened? He got hit in the back of the dome with a fastball. Made a horrible sound. Did you let out a? Uh, I'll admit, uh, I let out a scream. <laughs> yeah. Oh! Get up, Curly! Get up! Get up, please. Somebody call Chris. No, I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, no. God, he's dead. He's look dead. what they did to my boy. My beautiful boy. My baby boy. Look how they massacred my son. Dude's good. Where the hell did we get him from? Laverne, California. California. Huh? Northview California High School. He was the 33rd ranked shortstop in the country, according to Perfect Game. Number six in the state of Cali. So we Cali. got him for two more years? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't think he's a four-year player based on the start to his freshman season. Dean Curley. Curly Dean? Dean Curley. Or Clean as we cut, say, wholesome all-American boy next door. Go get him, Curly. Old Curly. Oh, man. Logan Quinton will be along in hour number two to talk Tennessee baseball with us. His guy is is out on the shelf now. John Stamos. Ooh. Uncle Jesse. Some side tenderness. Have they? It seems the second guy's got side tenderness. That's what A.J. Russell's deal was, according to Coach. They need to do some side planks. They need to get on the McGill three is what they I, – I They need to do that some side straddle And what hops. are the McGill three? I don't know. <laughs> is the thing where you lay on your back, you tense up your abdom- abdominals, and you lift your chin slightly? Do that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You do your side planks, and then you do the thing where you you reach with one arm and the opposite leg, and then pull it back in and touch your elbow to your knee. That's a good one. The curl up. The curl up is the yeah. The side plank. Uh huh. The bird dog. The bird dog. The, the bird, bird dogs, dog. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll get your core in shape. I mean, down dog. Be, be looking like me. Here. <laughs> Upper dog. <laughs> it's not a gut. It's a fuel tank for the love machine. Abdominal shield is what we call it. Hmm. Do you do yoga? We've done this before. What are you doing? Do I do yoga? Well, I mean, you sound very knowledgeable about it. It's Google. Oh. 
We've signed a new uh, sponsor, Hotworks, that hot works? offers hot yoga. I, I think Do that. Do you really think Hotworks? They want to deal with all of us. Well, I think that. I mean, I don't think we should go and <laughs> not take as, over not their normal team. class. No, I think <laughs> as a team, yeah, they should go and they could do an assessment. I mean, I. I think that uh, the what four the of us. What the hell are they going to say about me? I think the I think they're going to say you could use a little yoga. I like the idea of yoga. I did yoga. I've done a yoga bit in before. college and high school. The idea of hot yoga. That it's. Oh, I like it hot. Uh, yeah, I do too. I can't. I. There's nothing I hate more in the world than being hot. Not like the, it's. It's like it's almost. I don't know. It's a good sweat, man. Like, what's the temperature inside of a hot yoga studio? I think the one when I did it, you know, ten years ago, it was usually in right around eighty, eighty-ish, eighty-five. Oh, okay, that's not. But then you get all those people in there, and it's, I mean, it's it's warm. You definitely get a good sweat going. They've got a sauna. Russell's eager to try the sauna. Yeah, very, I'm big I'm, sauna guy. Yeah, I'm, I've never done it, but I've I've heard it. It's You've all never the rage. Saunaed? No, I've saunaed. We're gonna sit in there it's like an overrated going, experience. What do they call it in the spring? Uh, a Schwitz. You steam roomed? What's the difference? Oh, this, uh, there's, this guy. Yeah. There's I don't a, know. There's a difference. Between a Sauna's a dry heat. Okay. Steam room is, obviously, there's steam everywhere. It's, it's a moist heat. <laughs> what are those things they used to have in the locker rooms, those pods where your head is sticking <laughs> yeah. out? And it's just like. That, that's, that's a straight steam bath. That seemed very dangerous. It's just incredibly be, dangerous. Get caught in one of those, stuck in, and you're just roasting on the inside. No one around to help, and you're just you're cooking. Can somebody unplug this thing? You're cooking. No, thank you. Hate being hot. You guys sleep with a fan? Oh yeah. Like on your face? No, no. not on my face. <laughs> on my no. face. I don't. I can't I don't, sleep without it. I used to, um, but in the past couple of years, I I, I can't stand it. Anymore. How do you get the fan on your face? The it's ceiling a, fan? No. Well, yeah, that runs too. So you got a ceiling fan. What else do you have? A little fan on the table next to the next to my just blowing <laughs> right in on your, your face? face on absolute that is high, so weird. highest setting, right into my face. Now I, I'm not sure. I, I I'm guessing you're probably aware. We have a listener, Colval. Oh yes, <laughs> who sleeps with a hair dryer blowing hot air between his legs all night long. Did, were you aware of this, Tucker? I don't think I was. You don't, Wait, you don't know about Cobol? <laughs> yeah. I've heard of Cobol. Here's the other thing. I've heard of that, I'm though. glad you brought this up. I've seen advertised now a safe alternative that does the same thing. we got to get Cobol. Blows hot air on your junk? It, They're selling sleep at night crotch blowers? It's this thing. It it's It's got like this duct, and it goes up and under your covers, and it can either blow cool air or warm air under in you know in your bed. I've seen that that goes like all throughout under the sheets and stuff. But I guess you could redirect it right to your, you know. Colval sleeps with he tried for the longest time to claim it was his brother, but we eventually <laughs> broke him down. He says he goes through four hair dryers a year because they run out. He just leaves them running between his legs cuz he cannot sleep without warm air blowing all over his nether regions. That's just bizarre. I, eventually we will get word that Colval has burned to death. Because of that. Yeah. Isn't that bad? Like, doesn't that lower the count? I mean, they said that for years about, uh, like, heated seats. Maybe he doesn't think that's bad. That's you never point. know. You know what I'm saying? I've never asked him how many kids he's had. But, yeah, you have to keep everything down there. It needs to stay in a it, – it, it should be temperate. 
So the fan is right on your face, just. Mm-hmm. What? A, it's a dream. Like what did married? the missus? Yeah. What did? What was her thoughts on this when she first found this out? I'd love to know. Well, it's fine. She's on the other side of the bed. But what's funny now is the dog loves the fan. So now the dog sleeps right. I mean, she'll put her head you're, on the pillow. Your face me. is right. You're sleeping with the dog. Yeah. What do you mean you sleep with your dog? She's in the bed. <laughs> that is not weird. <laughs> Russ, <laughs> first of all, R- Russ has no uh, pets. I, I know people. I know some people share the pets uh, with their dog. But the thought of like you lying down with the dog right next to you, like you're, you have to cuddle the dog. Oh, right? Yeah, no, she's usually behind me. Shows <laughs> the dog's behind you, in between you and the missus. Or sometimes she'll put her the air been is blowing for right like at three weeks, and you got the fan blowing straight at I you. I mean, just full bore. <laughs> <laughs> I go through about two fans a year. I never turn it off. Why would I? What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's, it's the sound. It's a cool breeze. You shouldn't sleep with an animal. This is the one, the one thing that me and Russ 100% absolutely agree on. So, okay. you're good, good night, sweetheart. Dog gets up in between you, and you reach over and turn the fan on. <laughs> How romantic. Stay with us. Hour number two of The Drive coming up. <laughs>